It's Christmas, and as far as I'm concerned, gift giving is all about the kids. So we're going to talk about gift ideas and how to choose tackle for the little anglers on your list on this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. I'm Chad Lachance, and you're listening to Fishful Thinker, the podcast. All things fishful, all the time. Hey guys, Chad Lachance here. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. As always, brought to you by Sportsman's Warehouse. We appreciate you tuning in uh, once again. Hoping you'll do some of your Christmas shopping at Sportsman's Warehouse to let them know that you support uh, Fishful Thinker and uh, and them supporting us and bringing you great content. And guys, it's the holidays and. I'm a pretty holiday-oriented guy. I love to cook, as you may or may not know. Cooking's right up there with fishing as far as I'm concerned. And so the holidays, <clears throat> good time for me to do a lot of cooking. Also, <clears throat> excuse me, an excellent time for harvesting game and preparing a bunch of that. So the holidays for me is all about gathering around and sharing uh, food and fun and frivolity with everybody. And <clears throat> I hope you guys are off doing exactly the same thing. Now, I want to talk about kids tackle and kids gift selections because I spent five years working in Sportsman's Warehouse behind the gift or behind the um, real bar, I should say. And starting about the end of October, even, we started getting people coming in all the time asking for gift ideas for their kid. A lot of times it's for some kid on their list that isn't theirs. In other words, a neighbor's kid, uh, you know, a, a, a nephew, something like that. And it seems to me that a lot of the time the, the gifts were close, that they, the ideas they had, but they missed their market a little bit. So I thought, you know, Let's go out with some ideas that are based on years and years and years and years, decades of me teaching kids to fish. Now, I don't have any kids, so I made up for it by helping lots of other kids uh, learn to fish. And I've done that through Boys and Girls Club and Fort Collins Partners and Colorado Youth Outdoors and Junior Bassmasters and high school bass fishing, coaching high school bass fishing and Fish Fest, which is an event that we put on for many years here in, in northern Colorado. <clears throat> it was a big deal for us to teach a lot of kids to fish. And, and I, I basically, at the end of the day, came up with a bunch of things that I think will help choose tackle, not just for Christmas, but for kids in general, and then having them be able to move forward with that tackle. Because one thing we know is if you get kids hooked early on fishing, uh, they'll grow with it. Statistically speaking, most of them will grow with it. If People that come into fishing late in life may or may not stick around, but typically when kids are introduced to it very early in life, they will stick with it. If they like it early on, they're going to run with it for a long time. And so for me, you want tackle that will grow with them or get them started on the right foot so that when they do grow, they can grow better. Also, I'm a big believer in value and stuff needs to last. I'm, a, I'm an only child of a single mom. And so we didn't get anything frivolous when I was a kid. You have it, Stuff has to last and has to go forward, whether it be durable or just something that will still be usable um, from the standpoint of design-wise or whatever for, for kids going forward. So that's kind of the tack I'm going to take. And we'll kind of go from there. And I think the, the obvious one we got to start with, I mean, if we're talking about kids here, uh, and fishing, we, we should probably talk rods and reels first thing. And if you're talking about buying your first fishing rod for a kid, okay, so this is Junior's first real fishing rod. Now, I'm not talking about maybe the Snoopy pole he had as a three-year-old. I'm talking about, okay, Junior's five or six years old. 
he's going to actually be fishing on his own, maybe seven years old. He's going to be fishing on his own. And I don't mean unattended. I just mean handling his own tackle. I don't recommend it. I'm go, I go against the grain here, and I've done this on, on several Fishful Thinker episodes and even a podcast in the past. I am not a fan of push-button reels, thumb-button reels. And there's only one reason why. And... And that comes down to the mechanics of the whole thing. There's nothing ergonomically correct about a thumb button reel for a kid. And particularly because people don't teach them the same as they do teach adults bait casters, which is a similar concept. Anyone that's ever spent any time around a bait casting reel knows that to cast it, you have to roll your wrist over to so that the handle's pointing down or up, depending on what handed you are. So it, rather than sticking on one side or the other, that's the only way to generate any real power with the bait casting rod. And your kit's not going to do that. So the thumb button reel is hard on their hand. It's not ergonomically correct on their hand for one. For two, they're not going to have that the nuances of the casting stroke to make it cast well. I'm not saying a kid can't cast it, and I'm not saying a kid can't catch fish with it. But it's not starting them off on the right foot for one reason, and this, this, is, this is my reasoning on that. The next step for Junior, when he, say he's six, and the next step, now he's going to get an actual rod and reel, like adult-style rod and reel. Well, the next step's going to be a spinning rod, right? I mean, that's, that's day one. Everybody knows he's going to go to a spinning rod next. So what I'm going to advocate you get is not a push-button reel. I'm going to advocate that you get an underspin reel, which intuitively even makes sense. If you look at a spinning reel and an underspin reel, but more importantly it has the same level of functionality that the push button reel does in terms of line management and ease of use and all of that. What the difference is, is that it, because it's hanging under the rod as opposed to sitting on top of the rod as a push button reel would be, then the natural balance of the rod is better for one. It just hangs in, in Junior's hand and, and he or she can, can hold it easier for one. For two, the line or the trigger, I should say in this case, is controlled by the pointer finger, same as it would be for a spinning reel. So for Junior to cast an underspin, it's the same basic mechanics that it is to throw a spinning reel, except for instead of holding the line, he's holding the little lever with his finger or she. That's really important because the next logical step is to a spinning reel will feel very natural. And as I said, the the mechanics of the inside of the reel, the way they work and the functionality and the dependability and the ease of use, all of that is the same. It's just a difference in how the the bail system on the reel actually works. There's a couple brands that are really good that I feel like... uh, perfect for, for Junior. One of those is an Abu Garcia, Abumatic 276 underspin. And another possibility would be a Fluger, um, and, and they just call it the President underspin. And either one of those would be fantastic for Junior. And they're reliable, they're durable, they have little drag systems on them, and they're going to last for a long time. So one of those two would be the choice I would buy if I'm buying a reel for a kid right now who's buying his first reel fishing rod. He's actually going to fish with not a Snoopy pole. Okay. Um, 
I would spool them. If the Abu Garcia one comes spooled already with uh, eight pound trilene on it, uh, regardless of whether yours comes spooled or not, I would spool it with uh, eight, somewhere between six and 10 pound, probably eight is as good as any, uh, trilene XL monofilament. And why that particular line for a kid is, for one, it's very easy to use, which is why it's the number one selling line in the country by a large margin. Uh, but also, it's very affordable, and no matter how you look at it, Junior's going to be hard on equipment, and we're going to continue that theme through this whole thing because Junior's hard on stuff, so we want stuff that if he is going to burn it up, it's going to be affordable to replace, and fishing line is for sure one of those consumable items that Junior's going to go through a fair bit of, so just plain monofilament, get a bulk spool, spool it early and often, and, uh, and you'll be better off for, for a kid that way. But that underspin reel will be an excellent choice. Now, I'm also not an advocate of a three-foot-long fishing rod. Um, I want, for sure, a fishing rod that's long enough that provides some leverage and castability for Junior. And I learned this the hard way. I was working at a kid's event uh, at what is now the Colorado Youth Outdoors facility. It was not at the time. And uh, I had a little girl there who was all in. She was, I mean, it was a little, I think she was a, a Girl Scout or, or a Brownie, I think they call them. She was like six. And she was trying to catch these bluegills. And the bluegills were smashing her stuff over and over again. Every time, every time she'd throw her bobber out there, it'd get flushed immediately. And I'm trying to get, get her convinced how to yank on this thing and get it tight and get these fish caught. She kept doing it, and she couldn't get him caught. I took the rod from her and was going to demonstrate to her. Okay, let me show you how to do this with this little with this little Snoopy pole. I had a very hard time hooking those bluegills with that Snoopy pole, even though I know fully how to do it. And the reason is this. When the rod's two and a half feet long, it doesn't move very much line. It does not, when, when you lift on it at this end, you don't have the benefit of a big, long lever between you and the line. So you don't get near the movement out of the line in the first place because the rod is, is so short. And also you don't get any leverage to, to stay tight on anything should you, you get it hooked. So those two reasons make it very ugly to get fish caught on a little tiny fishing rod. Now, somebody's out there listening going, well, I caught a jillion fish on a Snoopy pole. I get it. I can catch fish on a Snoopy pole pretty easy too, if I, especially if I'm just winding something. But if you're going to put a bobber out there and let it sit, and it, then your line's going to go out to the bobber and then turn 90 degrees and go down to the bait underneath it. To get a fish hooked, you've got to pull that line straight in the first place, which means that little tiny fishing rod is not necessarily the best choice for doing that. And, uh, and that's why I don't advocate them. I want to see a rod more along the lines of four and a half feet long, uh, basically bare minimum. And the reason that I do is, again, back to the leverage thing and the castability. Now, if somebody's going to say, my kid's really small, uh, you know, we... We, you know, we, we don't want a big long fishing rod for them. I don't, we don't want a big fishing rod. Okay, I get it. But a four and a half foot rod and a three foot rod are not going to be that much manageability wise different, but a huge difference in functionality. So some sort of an ugly stick is very, very hard to beat for kids. And they're durable, which everybody knows about ugly sticks. They've got a certain coolness factor for kids as well. Um, and in general, they just, they load and unload very easy. So a kid can cast one very easy and they're available in 
all sorts of of uh, different you know sizes and things like that. And the the biggest thing really is to keep in mind that you want it to be somewhere at least four feet long, and then go from there. And the ugly sticks are available from four foot six, four foot eight. Five foot, uh, five foot six, whatever. And so there's lots of small choices that will pair perfectly with one of those underspin reels. Uh, I would get a light or an ultralight in the beginning because you want Junior to really enjoy the tactile sensations of catching fish for one, and they're easy to cast for two, and you're gonna be casting small, relatively lightweight things anyway. So I would get an ultralight and a four foot six or four foot eight, something like that. I would also recommend getting a one piece rod instead of a two piece rod. And the reason for that being, uh, it's the durability. If junior's not going to do a good job of keeping, making sure that that rod's ferrule is seated correctly. If you are going to get a kid a two-piece rod for transport and things like that, then wax the ferrule thoroughly. Put some melt some candle wax. Put it on the male end of the ferrule, and then seat that thing thoroughly every time you go fishing, so that it doesn't come partially loose and break the rod. That's the only part of an ugly stick, or really any other rod, that breaks commonly from angler use. And it's because the ferrule doesn't stay seated all the way. And then you put a big load on the rod and it breaks at the ferrule. So keep that in mind. Now, the beauty, too, of the underspin reel is that let's say Junior outgrows the underspin reel. Well, now, because I have purchased a rod for an underspin, I now have a spinning rod, which means I can put a spinning reel on it and I don't have to get another rod. And I can pretty much guarantee you the ugly stick will last long enough. It's just a matter of, you know, will it... Will the reel performance-wise keep up, and, and will Junior outgrow the reel? And he might not. There's a lot of adults I know that fish with, with underspins or, or thumb button reels, but if he does, you can put a spinning reel on it, no problem, and that's a good call. If you buy a thumb button reel, then you've got a casting rod, and you're going to be replacing the rod and the reel when it's time to move on to a spinning rod. So there's that. So that's my spiel on rod, reel, and line for Junior. Um, in, a, in a quick recap, get an underspin, put some eight pound test on it, get it somewhere between four and five feet long, four and a half and five feet long, and then go from there. Work on work on mechanics with, with, with Junior from there. So let's talk about some other gifts that I think are really good uh, for kids or, or things for, that kids should have on the water. And then you can decide if they're good gifts or not. And one of those is uh, polarized sunglasses. And a lot of people are going to kind of raise an eyebrow over that, but here's why. After having been around a bajillion kids on the water, one of my favorite things to do is take my glasses off and put them on their face and let the kids look into the water around the edge of the pond, and all of a sudden they're seeing the tadpoles and the bluegills and the bass and all the stuff that you and I look through our fancy coastal glasses and we see it all the time, and they don't, and it will open their eyes a whole bunch, so to speak, uh, about what's going on in the ecosystem. So, no, I'm not advocating you go buy your kid a pair of Costas. I am advocating you get a high-quality pair of Costas for yourself, but that's a different podcast. You probably need to get a very inexpensive kind of glasses for the kid uh, because, let's face it, they're going to lose them, scratch them, outgrow them, tear them up, whatever. It's hard to justify expensive ones. But a basic pair of polarized glasses will be 100 times better than no polarized glasses. And, uh, and, and it will make a big difference in Junior's enjoyment of the day on the pond. I've seen kids resist wanting to wear sunglasses. Understandably, they don't want them on their face until they realize that it's an actual performance thing. It usually makes them joke about them being robot glasses, something like that, and just, lo and behold, they love them. 
The other thing I'll throw out there just real quick, not to be a negative Nancy, but the reality is is this. Uh, fishing is a easy sport for eye injuries, especially when you get multiple kids together. So having the kids wear glasses uh, will help a lot in that situation. In fact, I have a rule in my boat as a fishing guide that nobody fishes without glasses on, period. I don't allow it. If you don't bring them, I will, I will provide you a pair because we require eye protection, so to speak, in the boat, and it will help the kid a lot. So a pair of glasses, a, a basic, you know, a Berkeley polarized glasses, there's a ton of different companies that make a, you know, a $10, $12, $15 pair of glasses. I realize that Junior may not be super excited when he finds them in the stocking or he finds them under the tree, but as soon as you put them on his face, they'll be excited about it, and that'll be a key thing. So I love the idea of Polaris glasses for kids. I also love the idea uh, for kids of getting them some started on some lures early on. I am not a giant advocate of kids fishing with bait right off the bat, and the reason is unless you've got a big school of bluegills right in front of you or a whole bunch of trout that are oh-so-willing biters, you know, that have been recently stocked, let's say, a kid could go a while between bites, and they're going to get bored in a hurry. And one thing I know about kids is they like to do stuff. They like to throw stuff. They like to swing stuff and beat on stuff. So get them lures that they can cast and retrieve. And then they've got something to do while they're waiting for their fish to bite, right? They're casting, and and from there, then get them going on accuracy. That's what my camera guy, Tim Farnsworth, one of my closest friends, he had his kid casting at targets when he was two and three years old with the little tiny uh, rod that we were talking about earlier. And the reason being is kid didn't know anything about fishing at that point, but he turned it into a sport, just like any other sport, no different than shooting a, a ball through a hoop. And he rewarded the kid for accuracy. Well, now, by the time the kid's six years old, he casts like a champ. And now that the kid's 12 years old, he fishes like a champ and casts better than most, most adults I know. So it can be really good call to get them some casting practice. And lures will help them do that when they're on the water. And not just lures. Let's say we're going to talk about lures. Let's take it a step farther and say lures that, that float or at very least, barely sink. And there's a reason for that. The attention span of Junior might be kind of short. His ability to keep focused on what's going on might be short. There's a good shot he's going to cast something out there and all but forget about it, let it go to the bottom, set his rod down, notice the pretty birds, whatever the case might be. If you're throwing stuff that floats, then it's not going to sink and get snagged, for one. For two, Bites are visual. You can see those bites uh, in the event of a topwater, let's say. So for, for bass or, or bluegills, little tiny surface poppers, uh, any sort of inshore saltwater type stuff, white bass, uh, you know, wipers, any of the kind of stuff that you're going to find in reservoirs or around uh, inshore areas, a lot of opportunity for topwater baits. And if not a topwater bait, at least a bait that floats at rest. So if he stops whining or quits paying attention, it comes to the surface. And then when he whines it, it dives again. So one of my favorites these days is the small little Berkeley hit stick, a number seven or nine hit stick, easy to cast, floats, um, gets tons and tons of bites from all kinds of fish, and will be a good choice for, for Junior. Now, if you're worried about treble hooks, and that's a very valid point, swap them for single hooks. Not a big deal. Get some heavy wire single hooks, take the barbs off them, and no problem. You'll be golden. And it's no, no more dangerous than a bait rig at that point. Just put a single 
uh, single shank, single hook on the bait, and you'll be fine. And by doing that, you, you've given the, the, the kid a chance to throw targets, keep active the whole time, also be take part in getting the bite instead of just wondering, is there a fish in my bait and constantly bored and I want to check my bait? Well, now you're winding something in or you can see it. Now you know what's going on with it. And so they'll put the whole big picture together in a hurry and that will, that will help them uh, kind of figure out what's going on at a, at a bigger level by being able to see the bite. So I'm a big fan of stuff that you can retrieve that will float when you don't retrieve it, or that even better, that you can throw right on the surface. And let me throw you one that's just a fantastic bait. I found from the guiding standpoint, when I get somebody that can't fish, first thing I hand them is a Berkeley Chapo. And Chapo is now available in a size 75, which is a little tiny one. You talk about a fun lure for a kid in a bass pond somewhere, uh, even a six or seven year old kid, because it makes a lot of noise, it's fun to watch, water sprays everywhere, and oh, by the way, bass and pike and white bass and wipers and even big old brown trout love that thing. So it's a fun bait for a kid to throw. So that would be a fun one, and they're neat to look at as well. Kids like to look at lures and shiny stuff, so that's a neat one to look at. I also am a big believer, and this is counterintuitive to everything I just said, but if you are a bait fisherman or a trout fisherman, uh, particularly, then kids love power bait. It's not very far from power from Play-Doh if you think about it. And I would encourage them the same thing. Don't have them just throw it out and wait for the fish to come. Get them a clear bubble like you would use for a fly in a bubble or a clear bobber. Put a single hook behind it, um, <clears throat> down the line, however far behind it, two feet, three feet, whatever. And, uh, and then put a piece of power bait on a hook and mold that power bait into a shape and let Junior retrieve it. When he retrieves it, what will happen is it will spin in the water and he will not be gut hooking fish and he can keep casting and retrieving. But power, and of course, if he decides he wants to go check something else out, you can just let it sit there and a the fish may come up and eat it. So it's all on how you look at that. But, uh, but I have seen lots of instances of kids just oohing and on over all the fancy colors of the power bait, um, and that can be a really good call for the kids there. Another thing that I think is really good for the kids, um, if you're going to have them out on there, is some sort of a fishing game. And I'm not a fan of video games at all, but uh, at all, like at any level. Like I had an Atari for like an hour when I was a young kid, and I was bored with it right away. went back outside, and I haven't played a video game since, and I'm 51 years old. Uh, I'm not a video game guy. However, modern kids are very much so, and it will let them think about fishing when they're not fishing, especially in the wintertime, things like that. So uh, really important uh, to keep their brain in the game when they're not able to do it. So that's something I would consider is some of the fishing-related uh, games as far as that goes, and that would be a fun one. Uh, let's talk a little bit about comfort because... Junior's not going to have fun if he's cold. He's not going to have fun if he's wet. He's not going to have fun uh, if he's too hot or any of that. So I also am a big believer of keeping them warm and keeping them dry more so even than maybe yourself. And I am extremely picky about that for me. I go, you know, as a, as a fishing guide, I have people in the boat all the time, and, and it's more often than not, people are cold in the boat, not the other way around. They don't have the level of clothing or the quality of clothing because they don't fish five days a week like I do. Get Junior a jumpsuit of some sort that he can wear in the boat. Uh, 
so, because he'll keep him warmer. Wear, keep him on the edge of the bank. Put him in warmer clothes than what you think. Again, maybe not be the most exciting Christmas gift to get, but it's more about getting him out there. So get him a really good quality jumpsuit of some sort, uh, something that'll keep him warm, and that will will help a whole bunch as far as him spending time in the field with you. It'll let him know that his comfort is as or her comfort. And I want to point out real quickly that I keep saying he, 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 and I know that's these days especially. At the end of the day, I've taught as many girls to fish as I have kids. So I want to point out, I'm just using it as a generic term. But uh, keeping the kid comfortable in the field can make a, a big, giant difference as well. And I think that's important. Uh, Another thing that when I'm thinking about kids and thinking about uh, tackle that I've seen be really good for them is some kids that are in that middle age, 12, 13, 14, I was in this group, will start getting into either lure making or fly tying. And it's one of those hobby things that they will play with. So again, you can you can get them started with that, with a very, very basic uh, lure making kit or fly tying kit um, can be a really good call to get the kids that are already hooked on fishing that already have some stuff uh, moving the right way along those same lines for kids that age that are maybe going to the lake by themselves a tackle a soft-sided tackle bag that will sling over their shoulders so that they can bicycle with it uh, or that they can be worn as a backpack so they can walk around the ponds things like that something doesn't have to be carried in one hand Something they can wear um, is an excellent choice for, you know, a maybe 12, 13, 14, 15-year-old that might bike himself to the pond or going to spend some time fishing by himself. Available in a variety of sizes and colors and with different boxes and everything else. It's a modular system, but it's a really excellent way to uh, support Junior getting out there and going fishing. And I think that, that that's an excellent one. Uh, other than those items... Uh, if you already know what your kid likes to fish with, you don't need to be talking to talking to me about this. If he's already got ideas or you've already got ideas for him, fantastic. The, another couple things that I do like because I believe in bringing it full circle is uh, I believe Junior should have some sort of a ability to harvest and eat fish. And the hardcore catch and release people are like, oh man, don't do that, don't do that. Well, I'm here to tell you, I'm a hardcore catch and release as anybody else, but I ate a ton of fish when I was a kid, and it, I think it helped get me get get hooked on them. I still eat a lot of fish too, but I, I har- I, I'm a very much a selective harvest. Let Junior know that eating a fish is okay. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe, uh, maybe a fillet knife or just a utility knife or a multi-tool of some sort for him to have while he's at the lake. Excellent choice. Uh, for helping them out. Also a stringer, uh, a really good call for Junior. Um, and a wide-brimmed hat is another kind of oddball thing, but it, not a ball cap, but some sort of a wide-brimmed hat, keep the sun off of them, uh, will make them very happy. I can tell you that for sure. And uh, <coughs> that can be important. So, guys, it's the holidays. Most importantly, please take your kids fishing, ice fishing, open water fishing, whatever. Please, please, please get them out there and take them fishing. You'll be better off for it, and I know they will as well. Also, thanks for putting up with me on uh, on this podcast and my voice. I've been fighting my voice now for six, seven weeks. Uh, it's been a bit of a nuisance. I appreciate you hanging in there with me on it. One of these days, it'll heal up. <clears throat> it's left over from a bout of mono that I had, and it's just been a hard time for me to deal with talking this much, and I talk for a living. So, On that note, I'm going to spare you from the rest of my voice. 
If you'd follow us at Fishful Thinker, I'd appreciate that very much on Instagram, Facebook, and especially our YouTube channel. That would mean a lot to me. Uh, hopefully, you'll subscribe to our channel, subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to it as well. Consider visiting a Sportsman's Warehouse this year. Um, for the middle-sized kids on your list, uh, kids that are maybe 10 and up, uh, as much as I hate to say it, I said this in the adult list too, a gift card's a good call. Take them shopping. Just help them make informed decisions in the store. You let them know how much they have money they have on their gift card and let them make some informed decisions uh, with your coaching and guidance. So I appreciate it, guys, very much. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Fishful Thinker, the podcast. Hopefully, you'll also tune in and see what we're up to on Altitude Sports and World Fishing Network every day of the week on WFN and Saturdays and Sundays on Altitude. Thanks, guys. This has been Fishful Thinker, the podcast. Mm-hmm.